Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Hello again, dear listeners. Are you keeping up and keeping in step? With who and with what, you ask? Well, it seems you have a wide choice. There is, for instance, the family Cardassians whose exploits and privileged private lives you just can't afford to miss. You are encouraged to get your hands on their 14th season and to hold out until they disappear while some new family's shenanigans catches the attention of millions. And there are many more stars of stage and screen, of sports and fashion, whose lives just beckon for adulation and whose steps right to their footwear you need to follow and copy. Or do you? Do you have to? For is it not so that many who have large followings today are discovered sometime later to have been anything but worthy role models, leading lives that were far from exemplary? That's just the way it is with fallible, impressionable, and yes, sinful human beings. There are those who would cast caution to the wind and who shout, Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. It's a ready-made excuse for engaging in riotous living. And yet in considering such slogans, the Apostle Paul says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. That's what he writes in 1 Corinthians 15.33. There is one, however, one great and gracious person who's not just a role model, but who is the Lord and giver of life. He's the one who, together with the Father and the Son, is true God. The Bible also knows him as the Comforter or Counselor in John 14. He doesn't only work repentance in the hearts of people, but he is there to lead and to guide them. And that's a wonderful blessing. And that leading is necessary for all people if they are to reach the finish line in this marathon called the race of faith. In a letter of the Apostle Paul to the churches in Galatia, today known as Turkey, this missionary preacher had a lot to say about living by the Spirit. No wonder, for many in those churches were former Jews, some of whom still insisted that Christians keep to the old ceremonial laws and the human traditions that had been added to these. And there were also those who came from a Gentile or unbelieving background. Oh, that was to be expected, for the Galatians lived right in the midst of a secular world dominated by the powers of Rome. However, some serious false teachings were in danger of creeping into the churches, teachings which perverted the doctrine of God's grace, that wonderful freedom gained for God's people by Christ's death on the cross, an amazing gift that gave them the liberty to live the new life in the Spirit. In that new life, the Holy Spirit promised them that he'd have them bring forth 
fruits, even the fruit of the Spirit. And those fruits stand in contrast to those desires of one's sinful nature, desires and actions that are a great grief to God, the Holy Spirit. Now it is so, says Paul, that those who belong to Christ have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. That's a strong expression, and it must mean that those who are Christians find their life outside of themselves, but solidly in close fellowship with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. They're no longer controlled by their fleshly desires. They've put them to death, as it were, but Christ is before them. In all things, they're inseparable from him. Well then, says Paul, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. If the source of our life, that is the fountain or the motor of your life, the pulse of your very life's blood is owned and directed by God the Holy Spirit, what can and must we do but keep in step with the Spirit? We may think of those ranks of soldiers on parade marching together, their steps in unison, heading in the same direction, with eyes front. They salute as they come past the reviewing stand, and the person taking that salute will oftentimes be a high-ranking officer, perhaps even the leader of the military or of the country as a whole. And the one who would see us walking or running is the Holy Spirit. He insists that we keep in step with him. He would have us honor him. He would not have us come or go out of step. If a soldier in one of the ranks would do so, it could spell disaster, especially if he or she has no intention of for getting back in step. And so it is with us and with all those who would be followers of Christ. They must have their lives, that is, their whole walk of life, directed by the Holy Spirit. For only then will they make good and safe progress towards the goal, the perfection of their lives at the return of Christ Jesus. Keeping in step with the Holy Spirit is also the only way to effectively deal with the many temptations that come our way. Temptations to throw in our lot with the dictates of the devil, this sinful world, as well as our impulsive, sinful human nature. No, this way of walking and running the Christian life is no reason to boast of our abilities and progress, as if we could well take care of our own security, reach our goal in our own strength. What did Paul go on to say? Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying one another. Someone has said, God does not approve of windbags. Haughtiness and conceit has no place for those who would belong to the kingdom of God. Another way of looking at it is that we should practice self-denial, not self-indulgence. We need to be in practice what we are or have confessed to be in principle. It's not enough that we cease to do evil, but we must learn to do good and to do it well. Dear listeners, the Lord God knows that it is far easier for you and me 
to step out of line and insist on a selfish, God-denying way of life than to walk in step with the Spirit. And yet God has not left us without hope. He's not left us to flounder while losing our way. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness, says Paul in Romans 8. He would even go so far as to intercede for us with the Father. Are you a Christian? Then surely you are blessed. You have even two heavenly intercessors, both Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. While Christ performs his task in heaven for us, the Holy Spirit works right inside of us, in our very hearts. What if you are not or not yet a Christian? Well, do not hold back or doubt the goodness of God. The Bible says he so loved the world that he sent his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. It's that amazing gift and amazing grace that saves people the world over. People lost, people wandering like you and me. People young and older living in a broken world, a world full of conflicting ideas, many of which run counter to the truth, the truth which is God's holy word, the truth which is Christ Jesus himself who said, I am the way and the truth and the life. The Holy Spirit, knowing our weaknesses, would lead us to the truth and in the truth so that we might have a sure hope, that we might have stability today. The Holy Spirit promises you and me peace and mercy if we but follow the path of truth that he has marked out for us. Yes, then there will be storms and trials which we all will have to face. But those who believe in Jesus Christ do not only have the prospect of the eternal life which is to come. Today, when we hear Christ's voice and keep in step with the Spirit, we already have this great comfort. We will never be forsaken, never rejected, if daily we confess our sins and live in close fellowship and in humility before the Lord. He has promised, and He is faithful still. Amen. And thanks so much for listening. <laughs> 